the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, back to talking a little bit more about uh, this whole thing about uh, the Mexican tariffs, and I want to get into that with Congressman uh, French Hill. Uh, he is up in Washington, D.C. I'm sure he's you know, keeping a close eye on what's going on at the White House. And uh, Congressman Hill, thanks for joining us here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show today. Let's start off by talking about Mexico, because that's on everybody's tongue right now. Uh, what's your take on all of this? I mean, I understand what the president is doing. Mexico's not doing enough to stop this uh, surge that's happening down on the border. Well, Dave, thanks for having me. It's good to be with you. I, I understand where the president's coming from, and he has been taking a lot of strong actions behind the scenes to get Mexico's help. And as you know, a few weeks ago, they volunteered to hold people seeking asylum on the Mexican side of the border and uh, provided short-term places for them to just wait before they presented themselves on the bridge to the United States. They have offered asylum to every Central American immigrant. So anyone who comes out of Guatemala into Mexico has been offered asylum uh, in Mexico. Only about a quarter of these caravans or travelers or whatever have accepted that option. And then when they get up there, uh, they have actually turned away a lot. I think the number I saw was uh, maybe Mexico had returned about 100,000 people on their own back to Honduras or El Salvador. These are people who come into Mexico. So it's true we have these caravans. It's true they're at unprecedented numbers. It's true that we're back in the soup of trouble of overcapacity, just like we were in the Obama administration back in 2014. But to say that Mexico is kind of doing nothing, I don't think that's 100% right. And so my attitude is I think the president ought to have the ambassador in Mexico and Salvador, Guatemala, uh, Honduras in his office talking about how we're going to get this situation turned around, both in Central America and Southern Mexico, through national security means, Homeland Security dollars, training, better border security in Mexico, and then, of course, the economic anti-crime efforts that we have going in, in Guatemala and um, in El Salvador and Honduras. But in um, that meeting, you know, I think could have been put in place, Dave, in personal opinion, just me talking, you know, without threatening 5% tariffs on Mexican goods. That's just my personal opinion. In fact, I know it would happen, and I know we would just have just as much clout as threatening uh, that tariff. Okay. Personal so, view. Well, 
then, you know, what's your thoughts? Why is the president, you know, bringing the tariffs to bear? He evidently doesn't believe that the Mexican government is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, no, and this is where, you know, I don't have perfect information about everything that the president has access to information-wise and in uh, and uh, it's also it's such a sensitive time as we attempt to try to get the USMCA agreement approved here in Congress. So there's a there's another angle to this that's important which is getting democratic and republican backing to replace the NAFTA agreement with USMCA. That also takes presidential lobbying and diplomatic skills on the part of the president. And this effort doesn't help getting USMCA approved in the Congress. Yeah. Something has to be done, Congressman. I mean, Democrats have been sitting on their hands for years. Republicans have brought some things to the table. They've been shot down uh, consistently. In May alone, 144,000 illegals uh, were apprehended at the border. And we don't have any place to, to all, you know, the motels are full, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, the the fault of why we don't have the border security dollars in the plan that we need is sits on the hands of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Because we've provided those written plans, we've provided the exact use of the money, we've provided the exact information about the border security means that we need. Republicans have for the most part, almost universally voted for that, both last year when we had control of both houses, as well as this year, uh, as we've attempted to get those votes on the House run by now the Democrats. So that's all true, um, and it doesn't change the fact that we need Mexico to do more. Uh, But I think that they are prepared to do more, and I don't know that you have to... uh, bring tariff policy into immigration policy to achieve it. But irrespective of that, this meeting is taking place while the president comes home from his Europe trip, and hopefully he'll have a good report over the weekend about uh, the steps that Mexico are planning to take. But let me tell you, it's not just Mexico, it's Honduras and Guatemala. And last week, the acting Secretary of Homeland Security was in Guatemala going over exactly how they're going to change uh, the border security parameters in Guatemala, which is the border with Mexico. Right. These Salvadorans and Hondurans are coming basically through Guatemala to the Mexican border. And that was encouraging to me. Uh, And there you saw the government very eager to have American help to help curtail that effort. Well, they they want American dollars down there. Well, they've got American dollars down there. I would argue the money, whatever money we're spending down there for national security purposes, which is several hundred million dollars, has not been well overseen the last few years. And we ought to be getting more for whatever investment that we're making in drug fighting, uh, transnational crime fighting, and then this border uh, fighting. But don't forget, you don't have a you don't have a solid. You have not had, I shouldn't say you don't have now, but you've had serious governmental challenges in Honduras and El Salvador where you don't have the ability to properly spend and use money in an effective way. Well, let me move away from this whole thing with the Mexican tariffs and talk about something tragic that happened here yesterday in Arkansas when State uh, Senator 
Uh, Linda Collins uh, was evidently murdered. Uh, any thoughts on that? Well, it's heartbreaking. I mean, she was a uh, dynamo representing uh, her district up there, District 80, both in the House and then in the Senate. She was so engaged and um, so involved in representing the people in and around Pocahontas. So this is a, a tragedy. I know that the police are investigating it. I hope we find out uh, who this perpetrator of this terrible crime are. But Martha and I both are very sad by her passes and, of course, send our condolences out to all of her family and the friends that she's built in her relationships in, in Little Rock at the General Assembly. Moving on, uh, the the river in Arkansas has not been kind to us, to say the least, here recently. Uh, can you give us the latest news that you have about uh, the Arkansas flooding? Well, I was out uh, this weekend uh, looking and getting ready to come back tomorrow to do uh, the same, come back to Little Rock tomorrow. Um, it crested today in Little Rock uh, overnight and was a little higher than they thought, and it crested a little later. They kind of moved around. It's very hard to predict this with precision. But I tell you, I think the response has been amazing considering the catastrophic level I've was with the Red Cross, and they were fully set up, and I saw community citizen after community citizen band together and fill sandbags and protect other people's property, and it was pretty inspirational. And I have to hand it to uh, the Little Rock Port, the Port of Little Rock run by Brian Day, your friend and my friend. He did an exceptional job working with the city, the county, the Corps, and all the uh, landowners and operators there in the port to preserve and protect that area. And I believe as we end this tragic period and as the water begins to recede this week, there will only be one functioning port on the whole Arkansas River navigation system, and that'll be the port of Little Rock. Wow. Wow. Uh, From Muskogee, from Tulsa, all of them were inundated and many suffered serious uh, destruction. And so I want to thank the hardworking employees and everybody who pulled together to try to do that. But other day, we ought to tip our hat too to our forefathers, you know, back in the 1960s when the plan for that port was designed by Fred Brown and other citizens back in the sixties. And then Paul Latour's management of it, they've taken a conservative course to make sure they had the infrastructure and the protection because you never know what Mother Nature is going to do. Yeah, that's an understatement. No one expected this. This is worst flooding since 1990, and uh, probably is going to result in the worst flooding ever before it's all over with. i got to get a break in. When we come back, Congressman, I'd like to talk to you about when the flooding's done, when the when the big you know wave that everybody talks about is cresting in all these different areas, and as you said, the water starts to recede. Then there's a lot of work that has to be done. Let's talk about that when we come back. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, our guest, Congressman French Hill. He's our special guest this half hour on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you, our special guest this half hour, as he does on most weeks, joins us at 335 to bring us up to date on the big issues that are happening in Washington, D.C. Congressman French Hill is with us from District 2 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We were just talking about the flooding along the uh, 
Arkansas River. Let's go back and, and join him in D.C. some more. Uh, the the big work is going to come up here now as the water recedes, Congressman. Uh, you know, the, the governor has said patience is going to be the word, but a lot of people are going to want to get back and, and, and fix up their homes and get their land back to being productive, and patience is going to be awful tough. Yeah, this is always tough. I've got um, so much personal experience with the destruction from flooding because back in 2005, I led a group at the Little Rock Rotary Club, and we teamed up with the Mandeville, Louisiana Rotary Club and rebuilt houses after Katrina down in Lacombe, so I know how destructive standing water is when it's been there for a while. And so it will be a lot of work. Uh, it'll be so tough on our farmers. Uh, the reports of uh, the impact on our crops in the Arkansas River Valley are really terrible. And um, as we get later into the summer, of course, it's hard to justify replanting because of the growing season. Mm-hmm. So I think our farmers are going to be hard hit here. Uh, for the third bad year connected to water and weather. And for individuals, um, as they get active and need help, I hope people will um, send us emails. We're happy to try to connect them with uh, FEMA or small business resources that are connected now that the uh, president has declared Arkansas a disaster area. And they can contact us at hill.house.gov and let us try to help them in their individual circumstance. And then for, I always believe our county judges are a terrific resource of of local contact uh, in um, in the affected areas. Our county judges have a lot of ability to help people get roads opened and uh, debris moved and help set up the ability to get things back to normal as soon as possible. Yeah, it's just going to be really, really tough on, on them. Uh, I mean, look, we all know that... The tariffs against China have uh, put the, the you know the tightening of, of money on them. Although there have been some farm bills passed that has released monies to them. Will will there be money to to take up for these losses because of the the flooding, Congressman? There is potential some uh, money available for that that was in the disaster supplemental uh, that we just uh, passed and. You're right to say that the tariff-related funding uh, the President and Congress are also discussing and Secretary Purdue at the USDA, at the Ag Department, uh, about that directly related to the tariffs. But those those dollars and those crops are not fully, in any way, fully going to uh, cover people for the kind of damage they're experiencing from the wet planting conditions. Uh, last spring, a year ago, the terrible wet harvest conditions of this past fall and now a complete washout of the spring planting season uh, in Arkansas. So depending on where they are, it's going to be tough, but we want to try to be a source of information both to our public officials and to our individuals. So I encourage people to, to reach out. And I'm I'm not uh, encouraged that this water is going to go down as fast as people talk about because the Mississippi River at Memphis is at a second highest level in history. And Steve Scalise, our whip, our our great honorable minority whip in the House, uh, told me yesterday that they've opened that famous spillway down below Baton Rouge Mm -hmm. to try to pull more flow out of the Mississippi and 
and move that faster to the Gulf of Mexico so that we have uh, an ability to get this water level down. Because if we can't get the water level down the Mississippi, we can't drain the Arkansas. Yeah, we'll be back to the same thing we had a couple of years ago where the White River was flowing backwards because it was the Mississippi flowing up up it. Right. And, uh, you know, this is this just affects everything. Um and the river, because of, has to be assessed. And here, uh, in speaking with my colleagues in the Arkansas delegation, we had a, a visit uh, last week. We're going to get our friends in Oklahoma with the Oklahoma delegation, and we're going to invite the Corps of Engineers to meet with us and give us an assessment of what their particular damage needs are and damage assessments to the river navigation system because uh, time is money there purely for transportation of commodities downstream and manufactured goods and raw materials. So the river will be closed, obviously, during these high-water weeks, but we want to get it open and functioning as soon as we can, and we have to have uh, knowledge from the Corps on what their needs are. Yeah, I I was just talking to someone uh, the other day. I think it was JR was mentioning on the air that if you stand on the bank and watch the river run by, I mean, you can see it from over the bridges, how fast it's moving. But he kind of put it in uh, ways that it was easy to kind of kind of figure out. They said that the amount of water that passes you uh, when you're standing there, like every second, is 21 times what goes over Niagara Falls per second. Yeah. I mean, it's a – we just don't – we're so used to seeing it, we just – are the immense capacity there is just something we take for granted. And we've had serious damage up at the Keystone Dam below Tulsa, which is part of the river navigation system. That's gonna that whole water level is gonna have to be coffered, that dam and lock closed and repaired. And that's going to put, you know, as I say, more pressure on both releasing water in order to release pressure there as well as uh, maintenance to get the river system back up and functioning all the way up to Tulsa. Congressman, I got you for maybe two more minutes. Let me just ask a question I I didn't uh, talk to Steve about, and that is tomorrow, 75th anniversary of D-Day. We're going to spend the 3 o'clock hour remembering D-Day and the great sacrifices made by our country and by our American fighting men. you have any thoughts on that? Man, I'm thinking, I've thought about it all day. This morning at 8 o'clock, I uh, was with the American Legion, including people from Post One in Little Rock here, uh, doing a scholarship presentation to some fine young people who were getting college scholarships from the American Legion. And I thought about, put yourself in the shoes of those those uh, sailors and those soldiers and Marines that had been out on board ship waiting as uh, General Eisenhower was looking for that magical break in the weather to start uh, the uh, invasion at Normandy and how nervous you'd be and sick to your stomach from bobbing up and down in that ship all waiting for daybreak on June 6th. Um, Just think of that. And so many young, I think of the young people there at that stage in the war because of the toll, many, many fresh infantrymen were brought in for the invasion of Europe, and they'd really not seen combat before, and um, they were going to have a whole new world open up to them. So I'm thinking about them all day today in anticipation and fear, and and uh, thinking about what they faced, and 
and then proud of the result. We take the result for granted, but there was no certainty that no. this would work. Zero certainty that it would work. It was a it was a prayer and certainly an extraordinary plan led by Eisenhower. But um, now we look back on the celebration of it. But yeah. all yeah. you have to do is look at the opening scenes of Saving Private Ryan, and that'll that will tell you what it was like for those young people. And yeah, sober you up real fast. I agree with that, Congressman. We're out of time. Thank you for your time here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We look forward to talking Thank to you, you Dave, next week. All the best. Mm, bye bye now. Care. See you. All right, Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. News is next. Then Duck and Joe are on their way on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.